Hello, world. I'm Greg Batten. Special edition Hello, world. Talking about the spirit world on today's program. And we'll do that right after this very important message. A couple of works out there I want to introduce you to relative to our program today. Invisible War on the Saints. Hey, 36-part series, 36 one-half-hour programs on how the enemy can ruin your life or at least attempt to. And then it's coming out in book form shortly along with a study guide. Really kind of a war veteran's guide to victory in Jesus. And then uh, my colleague, Dr. Ken Copley, has The Great Deceiver available now at Southwest Radio Church. Oh, my goodness. It is a fantastic work that he put together years ago, and it's been redone in a very special way by Southwest Radio Church. Do not miss getting a copy of The Great Deceiver. Just want to encourage you, my friend. Thank you again for being a part of Hello World every day at this time. And as we've shared with you in the past, we're going to be doing some special editions, special topic, Hello World. Today, it is the spirit world. We're going to start out with, who said that? See if you can guess. Now, this is a world-known preacher. Been on the radio in one of the top programs, well, for a long, long time. Here we go. As Christians, we are engaged in an intense warfare with our implacable enemy, the devil, the one whom the Apostle Paul calls the prince and the power of the air. That's from Ephesians 2.2. Because Satan and all of his forces are spirits, our battle is a spiritual one, and our weapons have to be spiritual weapons. That's exactly what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.3 and 4. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And to make sure that we understand the intensity of this struggle that we're engaged in, Peter reminds us that your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. That's 1 Peter 5.8. Now, if the devil did not shrink from tempting Jesus to disobey the Heavenly Father in the wilderness there, and if the devil plotted through evil men to destroy Jesus Christ on the cross, we can be sure that he's not going to hesitate to attack us, right? However, we don't have to fear our enemy. We don't have to fear his schemes. Praise God. Through his death and his triumphant resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ has secured the victory for us over Satan and these forces of evil, 2 Corinthians 2.14 and Colossians 2.15. Our privilege, our assignment is to stand in the victory that Jesus gives us, keeping our eyes fixed on him, Hebrews 12.2. You know, but the devil, he's a shrewd enemy. He's been tempting God's people now for centuries, putting traps out there and snares in our path to get our eyes off of Jesus Christ and onto ourselves and onto our circumstances. And when that happens, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. The devil tempts us in so many ways, and his methods differ for each one of us because he knows the point of each weakness, whether it's immorality, dishonesty, bitterness, pride. He knows what it takes to snare you. And the nature of sin is such that we do not deal with sin and fortify these areas of weakness. If we don't do that, we'll continue to experience spiritual defeat in our lives. 
This is why I believe it's so crucial to understand Ephesians 4.27 if we're going to have lives lived in victory and power over sin and Satan and his demons. Paul indicates in this verse that if we harbor and nurture our sin, if we give the devil a place, if we give the devil ground in our lives, we're in trouble. This word has the idea of being a foothold, a place to stand, some ground in our hearts that he now occupies. Who occupies? Satan occupies in our heart. Once we have surrendered this ground to Satan, it's vitally important that we know how to take that ground back, how to reclaim it, and then how to resist the tempter successfully by using the spiritual armor that God provides for all of us. That's found in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. And you know, this is the crux. This is the very heart of spiritual warfare. I believe the concepts that I have outlined are so indispensable to waging successful war against Satan that you need to really understand how powerful he is and what he can do. This pastor says he knows many veterans in this battle. He knows men who have helped thousands of people to find new freedom and lasting victory in Jesus Christ. He recommends all kinds of books on the topic showing you step-by-step how someone can reclaim the ground the enemy has gained in their life, even if Satan's well entrenched on the ground inside his stronghold. The weapons that Christ gives us are able to tear down Satan's strongholds and replace them with fortresses of faith. Oh, this is much needed in America today. I pray that God will open your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears to his great truth. Now, I wonder who said all of this. That's five minutes of saying. Would you be surprised if I told you it was Dr. Charles Stanley, former pastor of the First Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia, and one of the best-known and well-known radio and TV preachers ever. Oh, he's very aware of spiritual warfare, and he had those into his church on many occasions to combat the demons there. One of the few men I feel in America that really knows the truth about Satan and his demons and how far they can go in the life of the Christian. On a future version of Hello World Special Edition, we're going to talk about another famous radio preacher who is a lot stronger than Dr. Charles Stanley. This guy pulls no punches And he has thousands in attendance every Sunday morning at his church. He believes that 98% of the pastors and their churches have no idea the influence of demons in the life of a Christian. That's going to be good. But let's get on with today's version. You know, the very first recorded act of Satan was upon the family. That's so important to God, the family. And in the world today, Satan is still attacking the family. The fall, the spiritual defeat of Adam and Eve, had both immediate consequences for them and for their kids, and far-reaching consequences that are still being felt today. Satan continues to use every means at his disposal, and the Christian family seems to be one of his main targets. I'll never forget after I was first saved, and boy, I was on fire for the Lord to get the message out there about the media and the enemy and how he's working in the world today. And I was at a church in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'll never forget this. Had a great midweek service. And uh, one of the deacons of that church came up afterwards and he said, Brother Patton, 
Fantastic message, and I can tell you are strong in the Lord. But I want to caution you, and I want to pray, if you'll permit me. And I thought, okay, he's going to pray for me here. He said, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your children. For I believe that as Satan is going to take your ministry down in the years ahead, he will get after your children and use them. Wow, how prophetic was that? Though Satan's ultimate defeat is assured, and we know that, and his power over the Christian is really limited, Satan can still influence you and me and the followers, all followers of Jesus Christ, towards sin. And as I continue to say, he's looking for that place. Paul told us, and Dr. Stanley alluded to it here, Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. No place. That's an opportunity to gain a foothold in your life, in your family's life, using any member possible. And once he's gotten that foothold, he sets about to work ruin in the family. I've dedicated now decades in wanting to help people protect their family against those attacks and and get that ground back Satan has in your life. Another word for place, opportunity, foothold, those are the things Satan gets after to seek and gain access into your life. That's the ground talking about in Ephesians 4.27, which is the idea behind the Greek word that Paul used. Yep, we will talk about in the days ahead, the ground given, how the enemy gets in through that ground, how we permit him to exercise influence over us by our sins and our wrong behaviors and the patterns that get us there and probably everyone listening has something to do with that. Ephesians 4.27, I think, is very clear. The believer is the one who yields the ground to Satan. Look in the mirror. Look at your greatest enemy. Satan has no authority in a Christian's life. No, he does not, except that which the Christian surrenders to him. How have you surrendered? I had a great privilege once upon a time to preach in pastor, author, Warren Wearsby's church in Kentucky. Warren Wearsby explains it this way in giving that ground to Satan. Now, if the believer cultivates in his life any known sin, he is giving Satan an opportunity to get a foothold there. In other words, a beachhead into his life. And Satan will then pursue this opportunity to invade and take over other areas a little bit at a time. And Paul warns us in Ephesians 4.27, there it is again, do not give the devil any opportunities. The word translated opportunity simply means just a place, a city might be, a building maybe, but it carries the idea of taking over with a foothold, an opportunity, a chance, a place to operate. If it's possible for a believer to give ground to the enemy, then it's possible, in fact, and in fact, it's crucial for that believer in the power of the Holy Spirit to take back whatever he has allowed Satan to have. He has yielded to the enemy and his demons somehow. That's the heart of what we want to continue to talk about. I want to help you understand the different ways that God's people can give ground to Satan. But most important, I want to guide you. I want to guide your family. I want to guide those that you love. I mean, by our study of the Word of God, that's where the power is. And to by specific steps of action that you can take to regain any ground that has been surrendered to the enemy. 
I really have talked to hundreds and hundreds of people, as have my colleagues, in person, over the phone, in meetings, in churches, midweek, Sundays, revivals, Bible conferences, in my office at church, in the office at your church. And those of us that work in this area realize the havoc that Satan is wreaking in Christian families all over the world. Again, I want to share with you, I have been doing what I guess you would call spiritual warfare counseling now for decades, and I assure you it was never my ministry, never my intent, nothing that I went looking for. I am conservative in my theology. My background is classic evangelicalism all the way, my friend, meaning that I was taught and believed that while demons and the demonic world were very real, they really didn't manifest themselves at any significant way in our daily life, certainly in the lives of God's people. I had great meetings as an evangelist for years and years, never really confronting or even thinking seriously about Satan and demons and what they might do. In fact, all the years now that I've been involved in teaching and counseling on this very topic of the invisible war on the saints and spiritual warfare, it really has been foreign to everything that I was ever taught, trained for, in my local church, in my university training, everything I taught myself as a Bible teacher, as a pastor for, well, I've been in this church now for over three decades. It all came down for me as a phone call from a woman at the airport here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who wanted some help. And while I'm trying to talk with her and get some sense out of what she's saying, this awful, scary, evil voice and an individual who called himself Abaddon came on the phone, and my goodness, changed my life forever. I had to know, what was this all about? What is happening here? God took something that I wanted nothing to do with. Satan and demons? You kidding me? He put me right in the middle of the fire, and it was something else, my friend. And now all these many years later, we're into warfare, work, and counsel. I've counseled hundreds of people where satanic influence clearly, oh, is definitely present. I've seen it proved true countless numbers of times. When one family member is being defeated by the enemy, it can be devastating to the whole family. A teenager in rebellion, a father in some kind of spiritual bondage, a mom who is hurting and with that affects the entire family. Those tentacles go out and can touch dozens and dozens of others. The enemy knows all about this. That's why he's working so hard to gain a foothold in you, in your family. When I did my video series, Invisible War on the Saints, and these 300 pages nearly complete of the Invisible War on the Saints, the book, it seemed logical to start with everything that you can apply to any member of the family and then move into specific things within individuals. The testimonies that we have had in our book and that I've read in others, though they're altered, names changed, etc., for obvious reasons, the whole heart of where I've come from is Jesus said it, just echoing his words. I have come to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. The heart of Greg Patton Ministries is helping people discover where they have given that ground to Satan and then leading them spiritually, verse by verse, 
leading them to reclaim that ground and come into full resurrection of sorts, full inner freedom, which is every Christian's birthright in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I set down some procedures that has worked again and again and again. You know, something was said to me recently by someone far more experienced than me, and I've been at it 40 years, that if you're not, now get this, this is so important, maybe one of the most important things I'm going to say. If you're not in a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, if you're not in your Bible memorizing Scripture and praying to our Heavenly Father and receiving consistent counsel, you're going to fall in just a matter of a week or two. It's that serious. The enemy is that powerful. So a word to the wise should suffice here. Good church. Read the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Pray. Talk to those who know what they're doing in the area of spiritual warfare counseling. It is so vitally important. God has blessed. Times were tough initially, and we look to God to meet our needs, just as a missionary does, and how thankful we are to those churches and many people listening right now, individuals who stood with us through their prayers and financial gifts and helped Greg Patton Ministries move forward. The Ministry of Warfare Counseling has attracted a wide international audience. I will never forget my trip to Des Moines, Iowa. Small Baptist preacher there who became world-renowned, a man by the name of Dr. Mark Bubeck. And I can't say enough about him. We had so many conversations in the years after that initial meeting. And his book, The Adversary, I had to tell him, first one I ever read of the 119 I consumed really set me on a straight path in dealing with the demons and the overcoming the adversary, the follow another good one. Highly recommend those two works, by the way, the adversary and overcoming the adversary. He helped men get established in counseling ministries all over the United States and in so many foreign countries. That year I went to Des Moines, 3,000 people came from all over the world to hear about spiritual warfare and how to help. You know, the fact is Satan desires to put so much pressure on you, so much pressure on your family, so much pressure really on entire churches that you'll just give up or ignore Satan altogether. No fight left in you. I've shared with you in the past, maybe some of you didn't hear it before, but I was so shocked in talking with one of the biggest Christian university presidents in the world. And my goodness, he was so upset that I was doing any of this involved. And, and he got angry at me, really, for trying to help people. He called me an opportunist. He called me a charlatan. His fear of the devil and his demons took him so far to say, don't do this. Do not pursue the enemy like this. You could lose your ministry. Well, you could lose your entire family, Greg Patton. And to be quite frank, you could lose your life. I got to tell you, I was stunned. I really looked up to this man. We shared the pulpit more than once around America. What in the world are you saying? Fear? Oh, I heard fear. Let me interject here. Let me interject Bible. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of what? Power. 
Oh, yeah, lots of power. A sound mind. That's a good one. And love, that's what God gives, replaces fear. My, oh, my, oh, my. Christian, we need you. We need spiritual warfare warriors in this invisible war on the saints. Ephesians 6 tells us that when we have done everything we can do to stand, you do it, my friend. You keep on standing. I want to help you. The victory is ours in Jesus Christ. If there are specific areas of struggle in your life, in your family, you need additional help, we want to help you any way we possibly can because there is. Let me guarantee, let God guarantee you and me just parrot his word. You can have victory in Jesus Christ. It is a promise. Don't give in to all those lies. He is the father of lies. Don't give in to all those lies Satan is trying to tell you. And let's go there. That mind, a mind that's in tune with God, that's what we want. And it's more able to stand against Satan and his demons. Mind renewal, Romans 12, 2, is just crucial, vital to victory in Jesus. Open your mind to God, not to the enemy. Acknowledge the lies, acknowledge the negative thoughts, acknowledge all those accusations, acknowledge all those doubts as no longer the truth. You shall know the truth, it'll set you free. You're a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Stop listening to the enemy. Number two, you ask God's forgiveness for any lingering resentment and anger, hatred, bitterness that you can hold against people who've hurt you, who've sinned against you. They're out there. Freely forgive them, that God may freely forgive you. Mark eleven twenty-five. Oh boy, renew that mind. You turn back Satan's lies as attempt to what stop your growth, stop your freedom in Jesus Christ. You put off the old self, according to Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-two. Immerse your mind, do this. Immerse your mind and your heart in the truth of God's word. You spend time in the Bible. It's the only way to have victory in Jesus. Get to those verses that speak to your soul and claim the many hundreds of promises found in the word of God. And this is so important. You need to ask, you talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you now and thank God for what he is doing in your life right now, Ephesians 5.20. And you thank God for what he's going to do in your life to beat the enemy in the days ahead. You praise, you bless the Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 16.7, Psalm 34.1. And you need to rest in the assurance that as you're faithful, God will do the work of renewing your mind, beloved. And that's what you really need. It was Zig Ziglar out of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, known throughout the world for those positive mental attitude messages. But he was a Christian. He taught Sunday school for so many years there in Dallas, Texas. He called all of this, this stuff coming into your mind that's not of God, stinking thinking. That's what it is. Proverbs 23, 7, hey, that mind, as a man thinketh, it doesn't have to be the truth. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he is. What have you been thinking about, beloved? That's really a key to this whole thing. You're thinking, if I could preach the rest of my ministry basically on one verse, 
uh, that would be it. Of course, we're assuming again of salvation in your life. You've called upon the name of the Lord. You are saved. But as far as your walk with God now, that verse, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So get in and memorize the word of God so your thinking won't be stinking. It'll be the good stuff. It'll be what God would have for you. And my friend, the enemy will flee from you. Demons, they will not be a problem. We need to get started today. You just pray about it. Listen to this message again. It'll be archived. And uh, let's have what every Christian should have in his or her life. Great, and I mean great, victory in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, use this message again and again in the days ahead, and we'll be careful to give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name.